This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author of Fanatical Prospecting Sales EQ, Objections, and Inc., and I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. Welcome back to another episode of the Sales Gravy Podcast. First, let me apologize. It's been a while since we put out a new episode, and it's because we've been busy. We've been taking care of our customers. We've been selling new accounts, and we've been training sales professionals across the globe, and we've been so wrapped up in servicing our clients that we just haven't had time to produce new episodes. But we are back with a new episode, and on this episode, Jeb Blunt Jr. will be interviewing Larry Levine, who is the author of the hit book, Selling from the Heart, and they're going to be talking about being human in sales and how we can sell better and sell differently to make these connections that cause people to want to buy us and uh, and and turn us into professionals that people really want to work with. You're going to love this episode. Larry Levine is one of our favorite people. And if you want to check out Larry Levine, you want to meet Larry Levine in person, you can meet Larry Levine at the Outbound Conference. And I encourage you to go check out the Outbound Conference at outboundconference.com. That's outboundconference.com. Tickets for the 2022 show are on sale right now. We always sell out. So you don't want to wait to get your tickets for yourself or your entire team. That's outboundconference.com. Go get your tickets right now. Now here's Jeb Blunt Jr. and Larry Levine on what it means to sell from the heart. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sales Gravy Podcast. I am Jeb Blunt Jr., Senior Account Executive at Sales Gravy, and I am happy to be here with Larry Levine, one of my mentors. Uh, he wrote a, a book, a little book called Selling from the Heart. He runs an <laughs> awesome group over there in California, even though he's a Dodgers fan. We forgive him for all the great work he does for salespeople. And uh, yeah, Larry, introduce yourself to our audience and tell them who you are and what you do. Oh, hey, it's so good to be here, Jeb. Larry Levine, author of Selling from the Heart, co-host of Selling from the Heart podcast. And since you're already, you've already touched on it, I'm a diehard Dodger fan. So we're right smack at the start of the playoffs. So I bleed Dodger blue. <laughs> the only thing I like about the Dodgers <laughs> is they're Dodger dogs. And uh, the stadium's pretty cool too. So I want to get started with a couple of different questions based around the topic of authenticity, which has been driving really great great salespeople for decades and decades, but you have done a lot of work to uncover that for uh, every salesperson and trying to help people tap into their heart. But let's begin with what you did yesterday. You talked about on LinkedIn, challenging your followers to send out a note to their clients and just said, you know, Hey, what do you think selling from the heart means to you? So what have you gotten in response to that question for yourself and, and from other people who have asked that question, what have clients responded with? So, so here's, what's interesting. And I threw it out there just to get people to think differently, Jeb, but nothing's really come back to me. I know we're going to talk about it because you actually did it. So I can't wait to hear some of your responses, but um, here's, what's interesting and why I said that and why I threw it out there is I remember this goes back when we started the podcast and we wanted to have a signature moment on the selling from the heart podcast. And so I had said, you know, we got to ask our guests, what's it mean to you to sell from the heart? 
And you know, because you've been on the podcast, Jeb, so you have, you've had to answer that question. But I think the, the reason why I put it out there yesterday, I'm going to circle back to two responses we got on the podcast because they were really profound and it got me thinking even more about this. We had asked a guest, what's it mean to you to sell from the heart? And this person said, it depends on what's in your heart. That's an interesting response. Yeah. So, I mean, think about that. And then the second one is this, when I asked this person, what's it mean to you to sell from the heart? They said, it's hard to sell from the heart if your heart is broken. And we'll probably peel this back through our discussion, but I just got into thinking about it yesterday and me just being me. I just threw this out there. I said, Hey, you know what? If you want to know what it means to sell from the heart, why don't you just go ask your customers? Go ask your customers. What's it mean to them? I think that's from the heart. I think that's a great, a great way to think about it. But I really love that interesting response, which is it depends on what's in your heart. Now, I don't want to get too uh, philosophical and heady on this, but what do you think they mean by that? Uh, It it depends. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we could really peel this back in, in many different directions, but I just think, you know, when he says, you know, it depends on what's in your heart is it, there's so much misalignment. And I think this is where that person was going with this is, you know, we always talk about the alignment of your head and your heart. And a lot of times, you know, the head might be heading in the run one direction, the heart might be heading in a different direction. And the other thing too, is depends on what's in your heart is why are you doing what you're doing? Right. Do right. you have somebody's best interest at heart or do you have self-serving needs at heart? And pretty soon it's going to come out it's going to come out almost instantaneously. It'll come out in your words, your body language, your eye contact and so forth. People smell this stuff. Right. I I agree. I I think that when we talk about the heart, we have to understand that the heart is not an inherently great thing. You have to work on it. It takes practice. It's, you know, selling from the heart is an awesome phrase, but I think a lot of people use it as sort of a a crutch where they say, you know what, you know, thinking about selling from the heart and then they don't think about what it means to them. And I'm guilty of that as well. One of the questions I have for you today is when you talk about selling from the heart, when has been a time for you that you've been challenged and that you weren't selling from the heart and you recognize that it wasn't, it wasn't your authentic self? How did you recognize it and how did you change that? Uh, wow. Uh, I think it goes back to, I'm going to take everyone back to probably my first year in sales. So it was, it was well before you were even thought of, but nevertheless is I, I started in sales, the tail end of 87, 1987. So I'm going to go, I'm going to just fast forward just a smidgen. So now we're going to dip into 1988 and my first year in sales, I learned a lot. It was the best year I ever had and the worst year I ever had all crammed in one. And here's why, here's why I say that is I was on a really dysfunctional sales team and I had, you know, first year in sales, I was impressionable. I started following what people were doing and I was going on ride outs and I was, and this is because I had a, I had a horrible sales manager, by the way, absolute worst sales manager. So I really didn't learn a lot from this person. I was learning things from watching people on my sales team, either observing them on calls or watching them on demos because they came out of the office technology office technology channel. But what was really interesting is I started to watch how they were interacting with people during calls. And I just go, something's just not right. Cause I just sensed it. I sensed the all about me as opposed to all about them. 
And so I started to mirror and mimic all of this stuff. And then pretty soon I go, this is not who I am. And I go, if I'm going to really succeed in this and make this a career, I have to do something different. I just flipped it. And the, and the moment in time I flipped it is when I started, I remember I go back to my couple of my first sales calls, my first sales. And I just started asking people, what did you like, right? what did you like about the process? What do you don't like about salespeople? And sure enough, I just started to come across that You know what? They just wanted to do business with somebody who cared about them. And I go, I'm acting not the way I was raised and I'm not going to overly, you know, complicate this. And, and I don't bring a lot of this into sales, but all I really did is I went back to my roots and I went back to how I was raised by my mother and my father. And I go this, you know, I was raised that way. I got to carry myself that same way in sales. And I think if people just thought that through, it would make sense. And I'm a big believer that everybody is authentic. We're all human beings. We're all authentic human beings. It's how we choose to lead that lifestyle. It's my two cents worth. I got you. Okay. So you had a couple of practices there that helped you tap into, I think we can all recognize when there's a, when someone is not being authentic, it's, it's the, it's the product pitch. It's the, it's the sales breath. You can, you can smell it, but you went to your clients, you went to your customers, you went to, it sounds like you went to folks that you even didn't sell. And you went back to them and you asked, what do you like about salespeople? What do you not like about salespeople? And what about this process uh, worked and what didn't work? H- how did that come about? And, and how did that strategy work for you? And how have you fine-tuned it going into the future, uh, I guess, from 1988 to, to 2021? <laughs> <laughs> That's an awful long time, right? But uh, I'm going to throw one word at you as well. And I think this really helps. And the word's congruency. And I would ask everyone to think about, does the walk match the talk? Are you being congruent with who you are and how you carry yourself in your sales career? And that's the big million dollar question. And that leads to sales chaos. We'll talk about that. But what's been, what's been really interesting through this is I'm one that's never afraid to ask questions. I just, I'm just really curious in nature. And, um, I was when I was growing up and still am to this day. So when I flip the switch, I just go, what do I have to lose? Right. I'm young in my sales career. What do I have to lose? Why don't I just go ask customers questions? And most salespeople aren't willing to do it. So that means I had to get vulnerable and I just had to throw it out there. But you know what? I was in my early twenties. Again, what do I have to lose? But I got a lot to learn. And I just started asking my customers questions about salespeople. How do they perceive them? How would they like to be treated? And I just started making mental notes. And year over year, I just started asking the same questions. Well, as I got a little bit more tenure, the questions became a little bit more deep. But still, I learned a lot. And all I really did was package all everything up my customers shared with me. I packaged it all up. And that's what I went to market with. I just took what they said, how I was raised, put it together. I wasn't the smartest person out there. Wasn't the most strategic person out there, but I did ask a lot of questions and I just soaked it all in. I internalized it. I repackaged it. And that's what's made me me. I I think that is probably a, a really untapped lesson that people have to learn is that when, when you're young, that you don't have a lot to lose, especially for young salespeople, you don't have a lot to lose. So why not ask the question? And frankly, it doesn't matter what age you are. You should ask the question anyway, because you're only going to make yourself better. 
And I want to ask you about the traps that you see young salespeople fall into, beginning with you're learning from from folks who are self-centered and aren't selling from the heart. But what are some of those traps that you see younger salespeople falling into that uh, makes them less authentic and and makes them uh, you know less successful as a sales professional? Uh, I, two words pop into my head just right away. I, I just call it mirror and mimic is I think what will happen, I've seen it, right? I was guilty of it. You know, if I go back into my early sales career, I would mirror the people around me because I had no idea what success looked like. I was early in on my career. Probably same could be said for salespeople today. So I said, I think the trap they fall into is they mirror the people they perceive to be successful out there. And then they mimic a lot of what they say. And then what happens, what starts to happen is, is that really who I am? I'm going to go back to the word congruent. Is that congruent? Am I really being congruent with myself? Right. But it, those are the first two words. First two words that pop in my head. I think the trap they fall into is I got to mirror that top salesperson or the top two or three salespeople on the team. I got to start mimicking them. I got to start acting like them. I got to start saying the things that they're saying. And it may not align to what I really believe or who's, you know, who I am and my inner self, but I see they're successful. I perceive they're successful. I think that's the biggest trap. I'll take that even a little bit further as someone who is fresh in their career. And as someone who's uh, in the sales profession for less than 18 months, one thing that is a weakness of, of mine that I, that I tend to see failure in my sales process from is that I have the tendency to be so eager to help people that I try and know more than I know. And I learned that because I'm watching the successful salespeople on my team. I'm watching the successful trainers at Sales Gravy. And it's not that it's inauthentic, right? It's not that what they're saying doesn't match. You have to hear what they're saying, internalize that, understand it, see if it matches and aligns with your heart. But you also have to understand that, you know, what they're saying has decades of practice behind it. And that when you try and repeat that, it becomes inauthentic because the people you're speaking to know that they know that it's not you. They know that it's not the words that you are that you are accustomed to saying. And so what can you say to younger salespeople who are trying to pull from those folks who are successful, but are, aren't coming across in the way that they think they should be? What is, what is one way to become aware of that and then start aligning their message and that, that advisory uh, habit so that it matches where they are in their career? Uh, Again, first word it's, it's practice. I'd say practice and role play and find an accountability partner and roll through this. And I, it's interesting that you bring this up because I, rem, I don't know if you remember, but I remember a conversation you and I had a couple of years ago and we were talking about this. We were talking about this exact same thing because at that time, this was, you know, before you were at sales gravy, right? You were pounding phones. And I remember we got in this conversation about you having conversations with people, you know, twice your age or three times your age. And that insecurity sets in because you're going, you know, this is Jeb. I'm talking to a guy that's Larry Levine's age, right? You know, how's this person going to view me? And I think it happens all the time. I remember, uh, I have a good friend of mine who's the head of sales for a sports team here in Los Angeles. And I had spent a day with him and his inside sales team. So this was like all young B2B, B2C salespeople, all from the age of like 21 to 29. If there was somebody in that room that was 30, I'd be surprised. And the sole reason I was there 
was this, and, and this will be surprising because this person said, my sales team has not found their authentic voice. Well, why is that? Because they're young. They're calling business people that get intimidated by calling business people and engaging in a conversation with them that are twice their age. So, you know, the first couple of things is, is I'd work on building confidence with young salespeople. And the only way you start building confidence is to practice, role play, internalize this. Even if it's scripts, internalize the scripts, but make them your own. And I go all the, and the reason why I say this, I go all the way back to my early twenties. And that was the biggest mental roadblock I had was here. I am a young, impressionable salesperson trying to memorize scripts. And I just stunk at it. I had the mental block till somebody said, just internalize it and make it your own. And once I started to learn that it's the simple little things, then I started to feel a little bit more comfortable. But I think, you know, going back to all this is young salespeople today, you got to practice role play, find an accountability partner and then find a mentor, somebody, you know, that you can bring into your fold that's seasoned, that's more experienced and have them coach you along. I think that's exactly how you're supposed to do it. If you are a young salesperson and you're trying to have a discussion with a C-suite officer who runs a business, if it's small business, mid-market, large enterprise, right, you're going to you're going to fail quite a few times. But what you have to do is start writing down all those questions that those folks ask you, those objections that you get, what sorts of insights they can give you. Take those questions and have someone on your team role play those exact questions back to you and act like you're having that exact conversation again and just start talking about how you're going to strategize to 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 be more successful in those conversations. And I think that that's a piece of where you start, right? You start with that practice, you start internalizing, but a big philosophy of yours is heart health. And, and that's a journey that one, you can start, you can start <laughs> now, you can start at 23 and you'll never finish it. Right. That's sort of the, that's sort of the, the paradox of a, of a, of a, of a heart health journey, but what does heart health mean? And, and what is, why is it different than other kinds of health in your mind? Uh, you know, the, the reason why I just, uh, I bring to light some of these things is when we view a heart health, the first thing everybody goes to is cardio health, right? You got to watch your diet. You got to exercise and all that all important, absolutely hundred percent important, but think about the day in the life of a salesperson. It's chaotic. It's tough. I mean, it's, I mean, you, you got to be prepared for it because I always said, cause I write about selling from the heart. It's full contact sport. I mean, selling's a full contact sport and it's going to weigh heavy on you. And so when I start talking about heart health, it's not in the cardio sense. It could be in what's the heart health look like between you and your clients? What's the heart health health look like between you and your mind? What's your spiritual health look like? All of this comes into, into play. And, and here's why. And uh, I'm just going to throw it out there is um, I'm going to be pretty direct with it. But I, I just think we all have baggage in the closet that we run from. And it's just my way of saying we all have issues that we deal with. And when we run from them and then we go out into the world, that projects on other people. So if we can take a step back, and I'm a big believer in this, the inner work that you do on your heart is the hardest thing people will do. And so that's why, you know, I say, hey, heart health, you, you got to have all of this in balance. It's just not just cardio. Okay. So you're, you're talking about heart health and it, it, from a, from a, 
the perspective of how it can create success in your life, you have to take a step back, look at yourself from, you know, look yourself in the mirror. If it's seven o'clock in the morning and say, you know, what is it that drives me? What is it that I'm afraid of? Uh, what are the failures that I have and how can I overcome them? And when you start there, you can, you can then begin your conversations with the external world more authentically. Uh, where does that, where does that self-evaluation journey begin? Where, where would you say to someone, okay, you're going to start on your heart health journey. This is step number one. What would that be? Oh, wow. I, a lot of it, this was just stuff I learned along the way, Jeb. It wasn't anything, you know, if, if I look back at my twenties and my thirties, and I will tell you this, even in my forties, I stunk at all this stuff, just point blank. I really didn't give it much thought. And it wasn't until I hired a, my first business coach that really taught me a lot of this stuff. So now I'm into my early forties by the time this happens. And this person taught me something that's just really powerful. Again, simple stuff taught me the whole concept around self-reflection. How do you start your morning off? What do you do? And that got me into thinking about what would the first hour of every morning look like if I just worked on me? Not, you know, going to the gym. That's important because I did that. But what would it be like if I just worked on me? So, and I still do it to this day, is I will spend literally the first half an hour of my morning sitting in complete darkness. And I'll just reflect. I'll just reflect on what do I need to do today, right? What's one great conversation I can have today? How can I help somebody? What's one thing that I can do to become better? And that's the inner work. I do a lot of that, a lot of self-care work. I do a lot of reading, tons and tons of reading. I'm a big believer in the power of I am statements. I'm the big you know, believer in, I go back to some of the oldies that are out there, like the Jim Rohns and the Tom Hopkins. And I go back and I listen and watch some of those. And I just work on the inner part of who I am. And when, once I started doing that, I started seeing more success out into the sales world. And that's why I'm a big believer. If we can just spend a little bit of time and work on who we are on the inside to become better, it fuels the success you have out in the sales world. hundred percent. But it's that what you do in that first hour of every morning is so mission critical. And I'm a bit, so, you know, I'm just an alliteration freak. So it's, it's message and mindset and routines and rhythms. And those are the two fit. And those are the two kind of core things I work on every single morning. I don't deviate from it and I do it seven days a week. So let's dive into message and mindset this morning. When you talk about message and mindset, what, what do you work on each day or what pops into your mind as the critical core areas when you, when you're focusing on message and mindset that you have to focus on in order to make a small impact each and every day? A uh, big thing is, uh, Messaging mindset to me is all about I am statements. Okay. I'm Dive into I am statements for those who are, are less versed in I am statements. <laughs> so it's just the, po it's just the positive mental talk that you give yourself every morning. So, um, I learned that through, uh, what, which actually is reinforced. I got a books in right in front of me. It's this book biggest, it was one of the best books I ever read. It's called winning the war in your mind, change your thinking, change your life by Craig Rochelle. And that just reinforced it. You know, the whole concept of the power of I am statements, they're just your positive self-talk as an example. Cause I have them sitting, I have them sitting right here. So I'm holding them up on the screen. <laughs> serious dude, dead serious. And I will, these are literally on three by five cards. 
series of them. Can I just share a couple? And this is what I do every single morning when it talks about messaging and mindset. Uh, Simple things like this. I am building a successful company every day. I'm proud of what I'm doing every day. I'm at peace with who I am. I'm enjoying the process of change. I am my own best friend. I am a relationship builder. I'm a change creator. I'm changing my life for the good. And I read, I mean, these are just cards after cards after cards. That's what I do every single day. I work on my message, which is this, and my mindset through this. And that helps me start each and every day. So then what are the two R's that you talked about? I want to go, I want to dive deeper into those two pieces after the mindset and message. And then the, you said R and R go through that a little bit. Routines and rhythms. Routines and rhythms. It's, you know, if we fast forward another word for it could be a cadence, right? But to me, I'm just a routine oriented guy. And I'm a big believer in the only way you become better is through routines and rhythms. You have to do this. You have to make the commitment to do it every single day. So that's why I just said, okay, if I'm going to work on my messaging and my mindset, it has to become routine and it has to become a rhythm. And the only way that happens is non-negotiable. I'm, I just operate with a non-negotiable mindset. So the only way for me to grow is I have to do all these things that in my opinion are non-negotiables. And this is a non-negotiable for me seven days a week, every single day of the year. When did you draw that line? of a non-negotiable mindset. When did you wake up one day and say, this is enough. I've had, I've had enough of not being routine and rhythm and having cadence and discipline, or, you know, did you start with one discipline and then build off of that? What was that process like? You know what? I I think it goes back to how I was raised. I mean, if, if I really drill all the way into this and um, here's why is I was, I was raised by a high relationship mother and a rocket scientist for a father, aeronautical engineer, highly educated. And he had, we just grew up with certain things that we had to do every single day. And that was just the way it was. And so I'm a big believer that, and and this isn't overly scientific or philosophical as I'm just a big believer that people are products of the environment and how they were raised. I was just raised in a household where relationships mattered And we had to do certain things every single day, like our homework, right? Make the bed, things like that. Those were non-negotiables. So I just took all of that and I just brought that into the business world. And again, you know, I'll throw the prospecting word out there, right? I remember early on in my career, again, the non-negotiable mindset of prospecting. I got to do it every single day. And that's just that I just carried through that. Plus, I think I have a highly addictive behavior. Anyway. So when I let, when I latch onto things, I just latch onto it, and yep. it's just and it's just the way it is. Right, it comes with writing. Right, I made a non-negotiable commitment to write six years ago, and I write once a week, and I've been doing it every single week, week in, week out. Even if I don't feel like it, even if I'm sick, even if I'm on vacation, I just do it. It's just just that mindset. I think you just got to, we just got to develop. And that's just certain things are non-negotiable in my book. I I think that there are so many people who I interact with in myself that have a lot of motivation, a lot of high motivation to be successful, to win, to want better for themselves, better for their business, better for their clients. They want that. And it's a struggle for them 
in the long term. It's a struggle for me in the long term because when you aren't disciplined, if you're not doing things every single day, like you aren't writing you know, once a week, if you, if you said six years ago, I want to write a book and then it's six years later, you haven't written a book. There are so many people who do those things. So I love the rhythm and the routine because it's such a paradox that the, the, the more disciplined you are, the freer you will, you will become, right? The more you bound yourself to practices and routines, the more you open your world to success and into doing the things that you really set your mind to, because motivation is like a 10th. It's, it's a 10th of what is success. And yeah. there's so many authors out there. You're an author who says this. Uh, everyone's an author who says this with my father, Jeb Blunt senior in an interview I, I watched uh, yesterday they, they, you know, someone in outbound asked him, you know, what makes you different? And he simply said, there's not a whole lot that makes me different. I mean, if you look at the blunt family, like we're not the tallest, we'll never dunk <laughs> on you in a basketball court. We're not the smartest. We're not the fastest. We're not the, you know, the, the most strategic. We don't think we don't plan and think things out. Like say maybe uh, Bill Gates would, we're not genius yeah. in any way, but what makes him different is that he's willing to out hustle other people, which means that he's disciplined in that hustle and like prospecting, which is obviously our big, uh, our, our, our sure. big book is that every day, every day, every day you say to yourself, I have a non-negotiable mindset that this is how I'm going to be successful. And that's, that starts with heart health. If you tie it back to making yourself better as a, you know, as a human being, before you make yourself better as a salesperson, every day you get up, you write down three things on your note card. It was, it wasn't even that, it wasn't even that much, uh, you know, hard of hard work because I guarantee you that some days you have 20 of them and some days you have one and you just say, you know what? I, I am happy with myself. And that might be enough. Or you say, you know, I am a successful business owner. I am a, I, I, I do have a CEO mindset. If you get up every day and you do those things, that's where you start your journey. And then you'll see, you know, production over time with your own self worth and self, you know, you know, self affirmation. And so the question I have for you then is, okay, you have been through the journey and you've written about it and you're still on that journey. You talk about it every single day. You bring in awesome speakers to you, to your site to talk about authenticity. What are some of the real world ROI ramifications you have seen with your clients and with yourself for, from a sales perspective for, you know, diving deep into uh, selling from the heart philosophy? Uh, wow. Um, uh, let me backtrack. So I'm, I'm going to answer this a couple different ways. If you allow me to Yeah. is, um, you said something a little bit ago and it's going to, and I, I want to tie something in and it ties right into your question is I'm a big believer. None of this happens without taking massive action zero. Right. And so I want to enter, if, if you allow me to, I'm going to introduce you to an equation that my business coach is coaching me on. My business coach was the head of security for Tony Robbins. So he flew around the world with Tony Robbins for a dozen years and had Tony Robbins coach him on a lot of the things that made Tony who Tony is. And one of Tony's first mentors was Jim Rohn. And it's this equation and it ties in so well to what we're saying is this it's it's a simple equation of p plus t times ma times ra i'll peel this back and i'm gonna go right into this question because i i just think it blends in so well is we got and this works on the mindset part of this in the inner work is every single day we must be uncovering our purpose and work on our purpose who we are why we're doing what we're doing it's all that inner work and we must marry that together with t which is talent I'm going to equate that to skill set. 
So we always got to be working on our purpose and we got to be blending that in with talent. Well, that's great. And we need to be working on it. But if we don't take massive action on it, nothing happens. That's that non-negotiable mindset that I've always played with. And then we got to multiply that by right associations. Who do we bring into our inner circle that could help us grow? And I wish I would have learned this 25 years ago. It just took me well into my career to figure this out. And, and this just ties in with our whole philosophy at selling from the heart is we always talk about sales skills. And for a moment, I'm, I'm going to push on this is there's nothing wrong with always growing our sales skills. We have to, it's part of the equation, but nobody works on the heart set part of this. And we're a big believer in selling from the heart that it's the trifecta of mindset, skill set, and heart set. And in bringing selling from the heart to the forefront, we're just talking about things, Jeb, that I think a lot of people think about, but very few talk about. And I'm a big believer that the soft skills yield hard dollars. So I'll repeat that. I'm a big believer that heart, authenticity, all the soft skills, well, I'll call it that mushy, gushy stuff that people refer to, that yields hard dollars. The more you work on yourself, the more you will grow. You'll grow yourself. The more you work on your relationships with your clients, the more you'll grow your clients, the more referrals will come, more sales will come. The more you connect and engage with your clients, the more sales will come. And again, it's, it's, it's not rocket science stuff. I never, I never outstrategized anybody in sales and I wasn't the smartest guy out there. Hell, I sold copiers my whole life. And I remember not even knowing how a copier worked. I really didn't care, but nobody was going to out care me when it came to the relationships and the conversations I was going to have with my clients. So that's all we're doing in selling from the heart is we're just bringing heart, sincerity, integrity, being genuine, being real and staying true to who you are to the forefront. And if you can do that, and walk tall, you'll grow yourself, carry you the same way that you do with your client relationships. You'll grow those. You'll gain more referrals. It's all simple stuff, but yet it's so hard to execute on if you don't take massive action on it. I, one thing that I learned recently, and this was through a mentor of mine here at Sales Gravy, who was working with a client with me, working on a working on a prospect with me before we close this this account, and and he said to to the prospect, you know, we really have to teach your salespeople to understand that there are three kinds of decision-making processes. There is the business outcome case for that individual. So, you know, what ROI they will individually see within inside of that organization based on the solution that you're providing. And you have to understand that there's the, you know, there's a decision-making process from the business side. So just the, you know, the gates you have to hoop, uh, run through the procurement that you have to talk to who is responsible for what and yeses that you need to get. And that's another uh, buy that's the buying process, but then there's the emotional outcome decisions, right? And, and sales is highly emotional. It's a, it's a place where you are dealing with objections and rejection. We've talked about this, you know, if you're in sales, you're, you're dealing with a lot every day, which is why heart health is so important because if you're not paying attention to that, this job will grind you down, yeah. right? You are dealing with rejection, objection every single day, people asking things of you that you need to deliver on and you have the responsibility to deliver. 
right? Which is maybe different from other professions, but having that responsibility on your shoulders for not just one person you're talking to, but every single person that you speak to every single day can be, you know, can, can weigh down on you. But that emotional aspect of the decision-making process is where your authenticity philosophy, your reaps dividends over dividends, emotional discipline, emotional intelligence and authenticity selling from the heart is the difference between a, a, you know, fortune 500 CEO making a decision on a solution that you're providing based on the idea that one sales team cares more about him than the other. Right. And so when you talk about heart health, right, your job as a salesperson, and I love this phrase that you, that I feel like you coined, I know you didn't, but I, I, I always repeat it when, uh, when, when it comes up in conversations, my friend, Larry Levine says, you just have to be a salesperson that gives a rip. Right. I, I put, I put in the book. Yeah. So, I, so I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta play off there. Cause I, as I was listening to what you were saying is I go back, gosh, this is a year and a half or so ago. We had Victor Antonio on the podcast. I just freaking love Victor. Just, just such a great He's a guy. Cool dude. Just God, just full of wisdom. And I remember we got in this really cool conversation on the selling from the heart podcast. And he said, Whoa. And as Victor can do, right. Oh, hey, hold on. Right. I'm going to say some things right now that, you know, that's the sales world out there is probably going to disagree with, but here it goes. Right. And Victor went on to say something like this, and I'm trying to go back into my brain a little bit, but I'm going to paraphrase what he said, but he goes something like this. He goes, Hey, salespeople. He goes, I just want to let you know that you live in this commoditized world. As much as you think that your products are great or your widgets great, I'm here to tell you this, that the next day your competitors coming out with a bigger, faster, better widget. However, right. The faster you can get to somebody's heart, the faster you're going to create differentiation. That was from Victor. And this was like a year and a half, probably almost two years ago when he came on the podcast. It's so true. But yet as salespeople, we struggle to latch onto that because they go, ah, you know what? I, I can't go down that road. I just can't do it with whatever excuses. But I'm here to tell you, you got to go that little vulnerable angle. You will. Everybody's got a heart. We're all human beings. Yep. We're all human beings. And I learned this a long, long time ago, again, just through trial and error and so forth is, you know, in the, with the executives I was working with, I just knew that the more comfortable I made them feel, the faster I can connect and relate to these people, the more comfortable they became with me, the more comfortable they started to open up and share things that were going on in their office. I call those business secrets. And the only way people are going to share their secrets with you is if you connect at their heart, you show that you care and you're truly there to help. And they smell this stuff. I always say, you know, you can smell sincerity instantaneously. However, you can smell commission breath just as fast. And a lot of people walk with this. People already know it. People know you're in sales. I agree. So when, I agree 100%. I mean, so it, it, this is funny because I remember one of, and I struggled with this, Jeb, early on in my career. And I remember um, somebody telling me, you know, I asked them, what's their key to success, right? And they, they were in sales, long established sales professional. What's your key to success? I never acted like a salesperson. Isn't it simple? It's the simple things. Stop acting like a salesperson. You're walking, talking, acting like a salesperson. I know you got to sell things. 
But how are you connecting with people? How are you engaging in conversation with people? How fast are you getting to somebody's heart? The faster you get to the heart, I promise you this. Watch what starts happening to your sales. Absolutely. Absolutely. And something that I have been really thinking about in the last quarter or so and where I have seen failure in myself as, as a young salesperson is that I, I, it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm inauthentic, right? It's that you're, we're working so fast to solve the problems of folks without taking the time to get to the point where people feel comfortable with us. We're not slowing down to be the person who cares. You have to take the time to care. And I think that most people don't take the time to care because it's hard work. It really is until you discipline yourself like you have and like successful people have, you discipline yourself to care enough to slow down and say, you know what, I'm going to put everything that I heard today in this conversation, I'm going to put it into the CRM just so that I have it with me, right? I I do the things like I'm going to follow up with you when I say I'm going to follow up with you. If I can't follow up with you on something, I'm going to let you know that I can't do that. And I'm going to ask you challenging questions. And I'm going to ask you questions that maybe other people haven't asked you before, right? Those, those questions are, it's, it's so easy as, as a salesperson. And I, I am guilty of this more than anyone. And I I will put my, you know, I'll land on my sword there is that as a salesperson, I am so quick to say yes to everything, right? I'm so quick to say yes to everyone. And when they're in conversations, I will nod my head knowing that that is not exactly how it's going to work. And as, as a person who cares, as a, as not a salesperson, you need to be able to have those conversations where you look at your client, you look at your prospect and you say, you know what? I hear what you're saying, but here is, do you mind if I share with you some best practices and strategies that we've seen in our business and asking them permission gets their ego out of the way. That's Anthony Anarino. If you've ever listened to him, he talks about getting their ego out of the way. They'll always say, yes, you can share with me your strategies because I guarantee you as a business advisor, if you have trust and advice, you know more than they do because you do it every single day. They will say yes and give you permission to share your strategies. And then you can guide them down the best path because people want to do business in a certain way, but sometimes you have to be authentic enough to say, you know what, Larry, this is not going to work for you. And I'm going to help you figure this out. And salespeople get commission breath when they don't take the time to slow down and care. And then they just move things through the process as fast as they can, because they, they didn't slow down and look at the process and say, you know what, this isn't going to be the best outcome for these people because I care about them. And I care that they know that I care about them rather than thinking in the, and and this is, I think this is just a a psychological thing. We perceive that if we don't say yes to everything and just answer and jump through every hoop, that they will lose confidence in us as a, as an advisor, as a person, and that that will be the fault. But the fault comes later when you talk about relationships, that you're building a relation, your relationships matter to you. If you don't take the time early on to build that authenticity and that trust in that relationship, then you will lose ROI down the road and you'll be picking up new clients every single day and prospecting as hard as you did when you were 23, you'll be doing that when you were 53 because you didn't take the time to, to look in, inside and say, you know what, I'm going to take a second and just make sure that I'm aligning with what matters to me so that it matters to the people that I speak with. Oh, that there's, there's so much gold in what you just said and brilliant, very well stated. And, but here I, I call a lot of that when you're having those discussions with people, it's okay to have, I call it healthy business conversation. 
It's okay to have healthy business conversation and, and not in a way where you're challenging somebody's, you know, thinking and all that, but you're giving them something to think you're sharing your opinions, your views, your insights, some, you know, a conversation you had with somebody similar to them. But I think, you know, where I think a lot of people go awry with this, and you, you said the word a second ago with confidence is here's where I'd question a lot of salespeople today is they struggle with their confidence. They lack the confidence to have some of these conversations. And I'll even take it a step farther is not only do they lack confidence, but I would question, do you really believe in yourself and do you believe in your messaging and what's your self-worth like? If you have all three of those things that you're not working on, it's going to be hard to engage in a healthy business conversation with somebody to move, you know, since we're in the middle of baseball playoffs, right. Or in football is to move that ball down the field. Think about this. If you struggle mightily with confidence and believability and self-worth, you're going to struggle in sales. You're going to struggle in sales mightily. How does someone get over that psychological fear? And I think that it's, you know, there's a, a term out there called psychological safety. It's safe to not ask questions of your clients and even past clients or past prospects that you didn't close. What, how do you open that conversation with a business owner or someone who, who has bought from you? What is your messaging when you're initiating that sort of conversation? In terms of learning and growing, learning and growing, right? Opening, opening the channel to say, you know what, this is a question that's authentic for me. And I want to ask it of you, what is your messaging to start that conversation so that it, it isn't, uh, it isn't from a place of, okay, well, I want to know how I can sell more stuff. And I'm going to ask you this question so that I can get a better result from the next time that I'm doing this. How do you begin a conversation with, uh, with someone who's say a CEO or a C-suite and you want to have a genuine conversation with them? Where do you start? Is it a phone call, email? What is the messaging in those phone calls and emails? I mean, how are you, how are you going about that process? Are you talking about to engage in a, are you talking about first in first time? I've never spoken to this person before. Right. Are you talking? Okay. Yeah, Something like yep, that. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, all thought, Something as simple as this, if I'm, um, let's just say I'm in sales and it really doesn't matter whatever vertical, right? I'm just in sales and I'm, I'm calling into a certain marketplace and I'm calling to get the headspace of CFOs, right? I'm looking for first time calls with CFOs. I believe in changing the game and changing the conversation and so forth. It could be something as simple as this, Jeb, right? Hey, Jeb, it's, it's Larry Levine in recent works with CFOs, just like you, I've been helping them address these three issues, issue A, B, and C. Hey, I'm just curious. Any of this stuff sound familiar? Is any of this resonating with you and stop? I got enough confidence to deliver things like that. So in other words, I'll flip it around. You know, I'm calling into VP of sales in helping to grow selling from the heart and chief sales officers and so forth. If I get a VP of sales on the phone, who happens to pick up the phone yeah, same thing, right? Hey, it's Larry Levine in working with VP of sales and working with their sales teams. I've uncovered these three challenges, Jeb. First challenge is they're struggling to grow net new business. Second challenge is they're struggling with client retention. And the third thing is they're struggling to engage in deep, meaningful conversations with their clients. I'm just curious, Jeb, any of these three hit home with you? What are the responses that you 
get from those. One is yes, Larry, they do. <laughs> they do resonate with me, but what are some of the responses you get from, from people that you ask that question of? They, they always hit me with one of them. Right. So that's just, it, it, I mean, it never failed. Cause I know those are the three issues amongst many that people struggle with. Yep. So it would be, if somebody came back to me and said, you know what, we're really, we're really struggling to grow net new business right now. Interesting. Why do you think you're struggling to grow net new business right now? And just stop. I'll just, I'll, I'll just ask them that, see what happens. They'll respond. Well, what do you think's causing that? Stop. Listen, right? By the way, Jeb, I appreciate the time, you know, that you picked up the phone. You probably weren't expecting this conversation, but I tell you what, I'm just curious, how open-minded would you be over the next couple of weeks to dig a little bit deeper into this, where we can set up a little bit more time? How would that sound? Would that be fair? Are you good with that? Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, I took the challenge that you gave out to your followers on LinkedIn, which was to email or talk to a client or do whatever it is to, to send a smoke signal to them and ask them what selling from the heart meant to them. And we talked about that on the very beginning of the show, but I sent an email to several of my close clients and, and, and large, small, big, uh, wide clients and, you know, single businesses and, uh, you know, owners of businesses, whoever I could, whoever I could think of, I, I shot an email to with this, with this quick question. I said, you know, challenge question is the, was the subject of the email. <laughs> and then my, uh, my email said, uh, Hey, so good. Hey, name, uh, first right. name. Hey, Larry, just curious. I have this question that I would be interested in hearing your opinion on. Here it is. What does selling from the heart mean to you? And then I quote parentheses, i.e. selling authentically. And then I let that go. I sent okay. that, I sent that to people an hour before our interview. So an hour before this was recorded, I sent that I got two responses okay. back already. Uh, I have more. I just saw my email go off a, a couple more times. Okay. So I, you got to drip this out to me. Dude. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I want to go through a couple of the answers. I had a client who responded and he says, you know, to answer your question, what does it mean to sell authentically? And he, he bolded, it means that believing your product or service will benefit the party you are selling to. I have observed that agents who connect with what we do to the impact that happens on our local communities achieve success and are generally happier than agents who are looking for a paycheck. What do you think about that? Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. This is, oh, by the way, Jeff, this proves the point. This actually proves why I put that out there. Your clients will give you the clues on how to sell to them. They will plain and simple, plain and simple as that. It, I, that's why I did it. I'm just so, I'm just so I'm fired up that you actually did this. I mean, that's so cool. So, so what you're, and I didn't, I didn't even think about it this way. I saw the challenge and thought, you know what, Larry would, would be really happy if I did this. And I bet that these people would love to talk about authenticity and it would be a great conversation. And it's not something salesy. Uh, I even had someone who emailed me and said, yo, uh, great question. <laughs> you know, very timely. They, they responded with great question. Very timely. Curious. I would love to understand the reason that you asked this question. And I can't wait to respond to them and say, I asked this question because because I was genuinely curious about your opinion. And this is something that's important to me. When you say it's timely, what do you mean by that? And then now we have an open, you know, we have a, an open dialogue about 
about authentic, about authentic selling. And I love that you said they're telling me how to sell to them, right? It's proof that people want to talk about it. And they're telling me what matters to them. They're telling me that when they engage with a partner, they're looking for qualities like someone who cares enough that, that what they do and they're confident enough in what they do, that it benefits the other party and that they're trying to impact their local communities rather than looking for a paycheck. And they can smell that a mile off. So they're telling everyone, when you ask that question, they're telling you how you should engage with them. And are you matching that? And if you aren't, you need to adjust what you're doing. Oh, and see, cause I, I, I believe that there's, it's all about alignment. If I go, if I go back in time and I look back at, at some of the best clients I ever had. So I'm going back into the old sales channel I was in for just a moment. If I go back in time and I look at my top five clients, we all had something in common. There was alignment there. And I realized, and we all can't do business with everybody, right? Right. That's why there's competitors. But just imagine if you aligned based on values, my values of who I am as a salesperson aligns with your values. Now I'll take this one step farther is my values aligns with your values. My company's values aligns with your company's values. That's a sales marriage made in heaven. So the reason why I put some of these things out, you know, on social platforms is to get people to think and just go out and act on it. If you just went out and acted on it, your clients will tell you how to sell to them further. You can take all of this and go open up new conversations with new people that you haven't had before. But I will tell you this, like runs around with like. It's as simple as that. If you have clients that you're aligned to at a heart level, don't you think your clients know people just like them? Of course they do. So then it's just a matter of having enough confidence and believability into yourself saying, Hey, Jeb, I'm just curious in your circle of friends, people that you run around with, people who are close to you. Could any of them benefit from, and I'll even insert this getting to know me. And then just see what happens. But again is I love asking questions like this and I put myself in really vulnerable positions because that's just who I am. But you know, it's that age old thing. If you ask not, you get not, if you don't ask any of this, you're never going to know. And I'm, and you know, it's as simple as this. So just a little quick rhyme that just reinforces this is the more, you know, about your clients, the more you'll grow with your clients, the more you learn from your clients, the more you'll earn from your clients you got to be willing to ask and you got to be willing to ask certain things that are not sales centric. None of that's sales centric. It's just engaging in conversation, but then it's how you take that and move that to business and sales conversations. And I'll wrap it up here. They're great starter questions. I'll wrap it up here with this challenge to the listeners, right? If you hear what Larry just said and and you think, okay, uh, I'm going to ask the question to a client and say, like runs around with like, I'm just curious, is there anybody that you know that would benefit from knowing me? And if you aren't confident, and it was a light bulb that went off in my head too, because I don't, I, there, there are several people I would not feel confident in asking that question. Yeah. If you don't feel confident in asking that question to your clients, then you need to take a quick, hard look at how you're operating 
and adjust so that when you are working with people, you feel comfortable asking that question. And if you ask that question and you're confident in asking it and you get an answer back that you don't like, you take that and, and, and work on it. I mean, that's a great way to grow as not only as a person, but as a salesperson. And so that would be my challenge to, to, to you is, is look at your list of your book of business and take an honest look at it and say, how confident would you be in asking them to refer you to people who are like them and if, and asking them if they would benefit from knowing you? It's, it, it's, it's so powerful. That's the big litmus test. And I'm, and I'm not here to say that, um, people don't have great relationships with their customers or clients, however they want to refer to them is if you really want to know where that stands, ask them certain questions like that, because if they can't immediately say that or give you some names, it doesn't mean that hey, game over. They're not going to help me. It just means that what would happen if I just built the relationship in a different way? Can I take it in a different direction? Can I do something that's a little bit more intentional to further build that relationship? And then the next time I promise you this, they're probably going to give you an answer. Absolutely. All right, Larry, we are coming up on our time. So <laughs> I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, tell everyone where they can reach you, what, what your final thoughts are and, uh, and, and where they can find out more about selling from the heart. Uh, well, you can find me all over the place on social. You know that, Jeb. But you, I, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on all the major social platforms. Anything you want to find out about the movement around Selling from the Heart, go to sellingfromtheheart.net. If you'd like a free autographed copy of the book, you can go to sellingfromtheheart.net forward slash book. Love it. Awesome. Larry Levine, thank you so much for being on the Sales Gravy Podcast. Again, I'm Jeb Blunt Jr. And I appreciate everyone who came and listened to this podcast. Have a fantastic day and go make one more call. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. This was a fantastic episode, and I hope it inspires you to think differently about not what you sell, but how you sell. And if you want to check out Jeb Blunt Jr., Larry Levine, myself, Anthony and Reno, Mark Hunter, Victor Antonio, at the Outbound Conference, go to outboundconference.com. That's outboundconference.com and get your tickets now.